Welcome to Big Bones, Thick Skin, the podcast that talks to marginalized actors about their experiences in the entertainment industry. I'm your host, Claire Alpern. This podcast is near and dear to my heart because I am a plus-size actress and have had to navigate a very specific journey in the acting world. Here, I'll be holding space and having conversations with other plus-size actors, as well as those who identify as trans, Black, Asian American, queer, gender non-conforming, tall, short, old, young, and more, to tell their stories and share their feelings of being mis- or underrepresented in entertainment. We want it to change. We want to see everyone represented, but we need to talk about it first. And this is the first step in doing so. Welcome to Big Bones, Big Skin. It's our responsibility to acknowledge that the land where we live and produce is occupied land. Chicago, Illinois is the territory of the Potawatomi, the Kickapoo, the Miami, and the Peoria peoples. We pay our respects to elders, both past and present. I can't emphasize enough how grateful I am to have been able to talk with my next guest. They are a trans non-binary actor, pronouns are they, them, theirs, and they have also taken up the mantle to help educate about what trans and non-binary means. They and I are both part of the Chicago acting community. We have many mutual friends, but we've never actually spoken until this interview. Coming away from it, I feel like they're a beautiful example of what a glorious human being can be if given the space to be so. I had a wonderful, enlightening time talking with them, and I'm so honored that they shared this space with me. Please take a listen and enjoy my conversation with August Foreman. So, August. Yes. <laughs> you had my other, the other reason, and I told you this before, the other reason why I have such admiration for you is because my son's name is August. It's such a good name. I chose it myself. Did you? Did, what, did. what made you choose it? You know, it's funny. Um, so I, I was really struggling to, to come up with names. Um, my dead name just, I, I bear no ill will towards my dead name, but it just, it never felt like me. Mm. And it is a very feminine name. And so I knew I needed a different name. And I, I ended up having um, two different names chosen. And August was not one of them. Oh, really? Yeah. And then um, I, I was I was doing research on how, how trans people pick their names. Um, and one of the things that popped up was something called the mirror test. Ooh. Where you stand in front of a mirror and you say the name and you watch the way your body reacts to it. And so I was certain... I was actually, I was, I was between the name Finn and I was between the name Anderson. Ooh. And I was like, those are both great names. And I realized I had never said them out loud to myself. Mm -hmm. I had just thought them in my brain. So I stood in front of the mirror. I said both. None of them sparked joy. (laughs) I was like, oh no, (laughs) what do I do? Um, And at the time I was working in a school at the time I worked at um, Bernard Zell. Uh, for about five years. 
And one of my favorite things to do was do the read aloud. And we were reading the book Wonder. Mm. Yep. Oh, I love Wonder. Mm-hmm. So the main character, Augie Pullman, August. Uh-huh. So as I was standing in front of the mirror, the name August popped into my head and I said it. And I, I'm not kidding. I lit up. My <sighs> eyes started to water and I was like, holy cow, I'm August. Oh. And it was such a beautiful moment because yeah. the name had never, I had never thought of that name before. Yeah. And it was so perfect. It was not male. It was not female. It was, it was just such a beautiful name. And it's funny because I'll get into Ubers and stuff and they'll be like, you know, make jokes about were you born in August? Uh-huh. Like, oh, your parents, what a great name. I'm like, yes, my mom chose my name well. And <laughs> on the inside, I'm like, I, I chose it. I chose it. But we're not going to have that discussion. <laughs> It was chosen well. It was chosen well. For me. (laughs) It's gosh, I I can't imagine. Uh, Well, first, just just to make sure that I'm clear, you, and please correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. um, You identify as trans non-binary. I do, yes. Okay, great. Great, great, great. Um, And, uh, you know, and this is something that there's not a one size fits all thing. So I think, and I think that's. Exactly. That might be, you know, why some people struggle with, you know, these new, and I don't even want to call them categories, Mm -hmm. because they're not necessarily new. They've just never, you know, been named and it's never been safe enough to to do that. Um, I I was actually over the weekend, my son celebrated his ninth birthday and we had my brother-in-law's former partner was there mm-hmm. and they identify as non-binary oh, wow. and, and as they, them and, We're and everywhere, <laughs> which I love. And I was yeah. saying that to them. I was like, it's so incredible to me how the buffet table is so much larger and varied. And it was, it was always there, mm-hmm. right? It was always there. It's just whether or not, it was safe, right? Safety is an issue. But also something I say often is, is you, you can't know what you don't know. It's one of the biggest things I teach kids, right? They'll say someone's stupid for not knowing two plus two. I'm like, you're not stupid. You just never learned that. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with identities, right? I, I grew up so uncomfortable in my body, so confused, but not understanding who I was because I knew I didn't identify as a man. So I was like, I'm not, I, I'm not trans, I think. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I moved to Chicago in 2014 where I met my first, you know, non-binary person. And all of a sudden it clicked, you know, all of a sudden this identity that I had no idea was possible. I learned and I was like, that's me, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden people are learning like, oh, I, I don't have to be this and I don't have to be that, right? This does exist. We just haven't thought about it. Right, right. And and it, I just, I think it's really, I just love the the variety, <laughs> for lack of a better word. I mean, right. I really, I just think it's, it's just, again, such a fascinating part of human beings and human nature that we yes. really don't, right. We don't know what we don't know, exactly what you said. And that doesn't mean, it, even if you don't understand it, you can still respect it. Exactly. You know, exactly. I mean, and that could also, that could be applied to any number of things, you know, in today's day and age, like the whole Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of people are like, I just don't understand. Okay, well, you don't have to understand. You don't have to understand it. 
Right. You don't have to understand it. And if you don't understand it, A, you have to respect it. And B, educate yourself. Try to understand it. Don't say, I don't understand. Therefore, it doesn't. It was when I, yes, when I came out to my, when I came out to my mom uh, as, as trans non-binary, she was so, she's, she's perfect. She's a wonderful mom. I was so panicked. I texted her. I was like, I'm trans non-binary blah, blah, blah. And I knew in my brain, she had never heard of the word non-binary before I threw my phone after panicked, but <laughs> she, she accepted first and then researched, right? Oh, Cause she's like, this is my child. I love my child. Whatever you say you are, you are, I love you. She knew she didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. So she learned, mm-hmm. but she didn't come at me saying that's not a real thing. She educated herself. I was yeah. like, I, I wish, I wish everyone would just do that. Right. But, you know, Right. You don't have to, it has, doesn't have to be your son or daughter or, no. you know, anything else uh, for yeah. you to take that time. Yep. I mean, it's just common courtesy. It's just compassion. It's mm-hmm. just uplift. I mean, it's just, I, I would much rather love everybody than hate everybody. Because I'm perfect, clearly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, you know, it just, it boggles my mind when, and again, I, I think that also I need to educate myself on, people who don't want to educate themselves and try to understand where, where that's coming from, because I think yeah. there needs to be some compassion there too. Absolutely. Let's just start saying, yes, okay, whatever, you know, whatever you say, now let me just figure that out, what that means. Mm-hmm. And if you want to help me figure that out, that's great, but there, the responsibility is not on you. Yep. There's so many resources out there. Yes. Um, and there's so many new things constantly coming up with information. And so um, I commend you (laughs) for, for, you know, loving yourself enough to be yourself. It took time, but yeah. 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 How, how long did it take? Do you think? Mm. Oh boy. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. there was a good, a good chunk of my life where I just didn't, care about myself. Mm. Right. I, I was drinking in excess. I, I, I couldn't sit alone in silence. Um, that's a big one. It, yeah. I, I just couldn't sit with my own thoughts because I was so uncomfortable with myself. I'll share this story. So I, I had, I had top surgery two years ago, almost exactly two years ago, March 20th. And it was shortly after I got surgery. Um, I was living right next to a Whole Foods and I, I, I needed to go grocery shopping. So I, I went to the store, got groceries. Um, I was walking across the street back to my house and a car almost hit me. I jumped back and I thought, holy cow, that almost killed me. I, I don't want to die. Mm. And I realized in that moment, that was the first moment in my life up until that point that I. I realized I, I, I wanted to be alive and it brought up all these feelings of, of just sadness for like, I think it was the first 20, 29 years of my life where I didn't care enough about myself to care if I was alive or not. And that it was such a big moment, just standing on the street, realizing for the first time in my life, I was in a place where I wanted to be alive, where I was happy. Yeah. Um, and so it was, yeah, a good 29 years of my life before I realized who I was, before I started seeing a therapist, being able oh to boy. sit. Yeah, I, I finally went to therapy. Um, 
because again, my, my mom is wonderful, but I grew up in a small town where we didn't talk about anything embarrassing. We didn't want anyone to look at us, right? We were quiet. We did not draw attention to ourselves. You did not go to therapy unless something horrific happened right. to you, whatever right. horrific is. Or um, crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy, right? Even, yeah, even now I'll talk to my mom about going to therapy because she has undergone some very, very big trauma in her life, but she doesn't see that. Mm. She doesn't see it as trauma. She doesn't see the things that she has been through and they are big things. But she's like, no, no, there's nothing bad happened to me. Oh, wow. Um, and so it, growing up like that really, I think, of, affected my sense of self-worth. Um, so yeah, I would say 29, I started seeing a therapist. I, I, I came out as trans, non-binary, changed my pronouns, my name. And that was the first time in my life where I was like, I'm a human being. <laughs> like, I felt like a human being. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's a long time to go uh, not feeling that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I went through a, after realizing that, I went through a period of just sadness for myself and my younger self and just being like, how sad was your life? Mm. Right. Almost mourning that, that, that child version of me, you know, yeah. growing up the way that they did. But yeah, I, I'm in such a good place now and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful I finally made it. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. We all are. We Thank all you. are. Honestly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, it's, yeah, I think that's pretty miraculous because mm -hmm. uh, it very, could have very much gone a different way. And I think yeah. it's really, it's so heartbreaking when mm -hmm. uh, people aren't given the chance to find that part of themselves. Yeah. And there are so many who don't. And I, I, I remind myself how lucky, lucky I am to have the friends and have the family and support that I do have, because there are so many trans people who have no support, who are on the streets, oh, yeah. right? 2020 was the highest um, year on record for, for tran murdering trans people, specifically trans women of color. They are the highest risk population. Um, there was a, a study done where it was stated that um, most trans black women will not live past the age of 35. Most. Yeah. That is the, the, the age, right? So if you make it past there, it's like you have conquered something. Oh my God. That breaks you've my heart. Somehow, but somehow you've dodged the quote unquote, you know, the, the metaphorical bullets. Yep. Cause yep. they're all things that are, com or that are external. It's not, yep. they have some, you know, uh, genetic disease or something no, that's no, yeah. violent against them. That's exactly. These are women who are so brave, mm -hmm. right? Who are just living their truth. And it, it, it makes people angry to the point that they decide to kill them. Right. Yeah. When it really doesn't affect them at all. At all. At all. Um, I would love to bring up safe trans travel. Yes. Um, yeah. So can you tell, tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So, um, I myself have, uh, after I started my transition, top surgery, uh, started taking testosterone, uh, I started getting more um, negative attention on, on the mm. transit here in Chicago. Um, mm. I've been spit at, uh, I've been groped, um, I've been yelled at, um, and that's just my experience. Uh, my trans friends have experienced the same, have experienced worse on public transit. Um, it's just not it's not safe. Um, in December, I had a very close friend of mine who uh, was assaulted on the train. 
they ended up getting a hold of me shortly after. They were just a, a mess. They were not doing okay. And just talking to me, I talked them through it. And they are one of the kindest, brightest human beings I have ever met. And knowing that someone hurt them to the point that, that they could barely speak, it, it, it broke me. And so I, that day, decided to start Safe Trans Travel, uh, which is a fund uh, that supplies safe rides to any, any transhuman who does not feel safe taking public transit. Um, right now, because of the pandemic, um, it's, it's pretty strictly, um, I buy them lift cards, right? So they can have a private car so they don't have to take right. the train. Um, my, my, my goal with it eventually is to, to create almost a, a phone tree of sorts where, you know, people will be available to give rides to anybody who's not feeling oh, safe. Man. Um, but again, we'll yeah. have to get on the other side of this pandemic before that's possible. Um, but basically I, I get donations from whoever is willing. I put them in a, in a shared, uh, shared fund and, you know, folks just get a hold of me and say, Hey, um, I, I need, I need a lift card. I need money for an Uber, I need this. And I, no questions asked. They are a trans person, non-binary, transgender, non-conforming. They get the funds that they need. Um, luckily, I've gotten enough funds where I've started to be able to donate towards uh, gender affirming surgeries, um, wow. towards housing, right? A lot of them are dealing with housing insecurity, not being able to pay rent, no. um, being able to maintain the vehicles that they do have. Um, mm -hmm. so I have, I've been able to donate to that. I was even able to donate, um, somebody had a, uh, an interview coming up and they had no clothes that fit them anymore because they had started to transition. So I was able to, you know, send a hundred dollars their way so they could get a couple of shirts for the audition or for their interview. Um, but yeah, so primarily, uh, giving to people for, for transit, but also opening it up to, to multiple things. How does it feel when you get those emails or however they they contact you how does that feel yeah well it's you know I, I made it very clear like you do not have to explain anything to me no question I'm not going to ask you anything just let me know that you need this but you know so many of them are just so open about their experiences and most of the the people approaching me for the rides are trans women of color um there one in particular she works until about 11 o'clock at night and so she was being harassed quite a bit on public transit because she was getting on pretty late at night. Gosh. And so yeah. anytime her card runs out, I've told her, you let me know, we will fill that card. Um, and so she's come back 10, 11, 12 times. Wow. Um, and, and that's another thing is, is a lot of these organizations are like one and done. Uh, and, and with Safe Trans Travel, I, I don't want to put a cap on it. If you need help, I'm going to help. And so... You know, it, it hurts my heart that any human being is going through what these people are going through. But I'm, mm -hmm. I'm really, I'm happy to be able to do something, however small it might be. Right, yeah. right. And, and how would someone get in touch with you if they... Yeah, so right now it is, um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram uh, in the process of setting up a website. But as many mm -hmm. things in the LGBTQ community, word of mouth right? We're letting people know. Um, I'm in contact with different organizations to let them know if they have, you know, if you have any need, let me know. But the, the word of mouth has been huge for this. People are sharing it. People know it exists. 
Yeah, 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 great, 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 great. So I will. So we're officially letting people yes. know that this is a thing. If you need yep. help, please, please, yeah. please, you know, contact me, contact whoever, yep. and and we will hook you up with Safe Trans. And it is entirely donation based. Which is yeah. Well, speaking of donation, so how would someone donate? So that all all of that information <laughs> is also on Instagram, our page, Safe Trans Travel. Um, but right now through Venmo, uh, Safe Trans Travel, uh, Cash App, again, Safe Trans Travel. There, kept it simple. Simple, <laughs> simple, simple. Perfect, perfect, yeah. perfect. I'll try. I, I don't know what the website will look like for this, but I'm going to try to, I'll try to link to Amazing. those as well if I yeah. can. Yeah. I mean, of course, of course. Um, so just going to switch gears yeah, a little great. because this is... <laughs> you got heavy fast. I know, which is wonderful <laughs> because it has to be said. People need to know about this, both sides yeah. of it, you know, that it's a problem and that you're trying to yep. help. Um, but I, you know, but I also want to talk about acting mm -hmm. as, you know, and what your experience has been uh, in it, w at whatever points in your life and in your I identity you would like to share with us. Cause I can, I can only imagine. Uh, and I even like, I even screenshotted the Facebook post that you wrote that like totally was like, oh, I must talk. To which one was it? I'm so curious. Oh, well, I'll just <laughs> hold on. I'll bring it up for you. I'll, I will read the whole thing because there's not one part of it that I don't think is important. So uh, on March 7th, you wrote, I'm prepping for an audition for a trans non-binary character. I've auditioned for numerous, all caps, numerous trans characters over the years. In my experience, when theaters, television, and film ask for trans and or non-binary actors, what they're actually looking for is either a binary trans person who has not started the process of transitioning, or they're looking for a binary trans person who has fully transitioned and completely passes. And often these trans characters are simply there just to be trans. Like, it's their entire personality. And just a side note, as a, as a plus-sized actor, that, you know, clearly it's, there's, you know, there's different compare, you know, you can't compare all of it because <laughs> there's just a lot of difference. But that's a, a very similar story that we yes. have is that it's all about their body mm -hmm. and the weight. So I'm going to keep reading. Right. Hold on. Um, because it's it's wonderful. The, so the strictly non-binary characters have been even more disheartening. There seems to be a massive misunderstanding of what it means to be non-binary. Most of the non-binary characters I've personally auditioned for were clearly written for a flamboyant cis character. Non-binary is added as an afterthought. I'm not even kidding. I received an audition side once where in the character description, the word non-binary was clearly inserted over another word. They couldn't even be bothered to rewrite the description. That was so bizarre. Yeah. It was like not the same font, a different color box <laughs> just put over that said non-binary. And, and my, I was like, what did that say before? Yeah. What, yeah, what did it say and what did it mean to them mm. to cross it off and put non-binary? Like, well, like, what, what in my, was, in my brain, it was like, you know what? We need to be hip with the times. Let's make this character non-binary. Let's slap that over it, but not actually put right. any of the effort in. Right. And probably not even really, un clearly not understand no. what non-binary can mean and does yeah. mean. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. I'm going to keep going. And feel free to interject oh, at okay. any point. 
Yeah. Yeah. You can comment (laughs) (laughs) on your own writing. Um, (laughs) These auditions start to wear on you, understandably. They start to make you question the validity of your gender. And that's bullshit. And that really, that really hit me just as a person, just as a human being. Yeah. And can I say too, is the reason that is so hard for me is because when I was coming to terms with my non-binary identity, you know, it was the same as choosing the name. I I couldn't say it out loud. I couldn't say that I was non-binary because, you know, growing up, we're, we're put into very strict categories, male, female, black, white, this, that. And so even being able to admit that I was non-binary in my brain, that convinced me like, am I even a human being? And so it took me so much work to accept that identity because of the years and years and years of, of categorizing being put on top of me that to then not even be able to play myself, to not be able to be a true non-binary character, right? To have society, film, television, theater say, it's not real. Like that's, right. that's bullshit. Like it made me again, yeah. start to question the validity of me. Right. Yeah. And you'd already been through yes. that. You've already done yeah. that work. Don't make me go through and that again. That, right. And how dare yeah. they? Do, and, and that's the thing. They don't even know. No. They, you know, it's just, it's, it's such an unconscious thing, but also incredibly disrespectful. That's huge to question the validity of right. that. I know if you, and we're not seeing it in television and, and film. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're starting to see glimpses of it, but when you yeah. don't see yourself represented again, you know, that's telling the audience, that's telling the kids watching, you're not valid mm-hmm. because you do not exist in this world. Sure. And we're not going to make something that you can relate mm-hmm. to or, or someone that you can relate yeah. to because it's not worth, it's not worth yeah. it. Um, yeah. 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 Similarly, uh, you know, I struggle with the word fat yeah. and I know a lot of people are embracing yeah. it and neutralizing it and positivizing it. Um, and I think that's amazing. I am not quite not there, there yet. yet. It's still, there's still so much shame yeah. and judgment in that word because of my entire yeah. life. That's a shameful thing to be, not only in life, but in, you know, in what we yeah. see. Any fat, plus size, curvy, bodacious, whatever you want to call it, person has to be the butt of jokes or has to go through some crazy weight loss journey to be a good person Mm -hmm. or is clearly just not a romantic uh sexual person you're that funny sidekick yeah, yeah exactly and and it makes you feel like oh so I guess I'm not entitled to that yeah. stuff in real yeah, life. Yeah, it teaches you you are not worthy of love. You are not worthy of being the main character even in your own story, mm-hmm. right? It, 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 You know, we've gone through years and years and years of society telling us this. So it's it's it takes time to, I, like, I still, you know, struggle with, with my identity and, and reminding myself you are valid, you are real, because mm-hmm. everything is telling us otherwise. Yeah, and it's, 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 it's like, I know that there's like a metaphor <laughs> of, of like a, a lonely reed, like standing up in the middle and the river's going one way and the reed is trying to like, but it does feel like that where you're just trying not to listen to the roar and the noise yeah. of what people think is normal mm-hmm. or ha- and have thought is normal and just go, but I'm here and, and I'm valid, mm-hmm. whatever yep. I am. 
Yeah. 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 Um, I'm going to keep reading. Oh, now. This is, this is so great. I like, you've given me fodder. for the whole. <laughs> okay. Um, so as actors, we're often asked to audition for characters that are different from ourselves. We audition for doctors, scientists, wizards, and more. But can you imagine never, ever being able to play your own gender, never even getting to relate to your character on that most basic level? Mm-hmm. It's no wonder the world is struggling with accepting the range of beautiful non-binary humans in this world. No one is seeing them on their screens. I mean, there it is. Um, And then you talk about this. I'm sorry. I have to read the whole thing. (laughs) No, I'm not sorry. You wrote it and it's wonderful. Um, This audition I'm prepping for is the second time in years. The second time in years I have auditioned for a character that accurately reflected my journey that depicts where I am now, not where I was, not where I may be going, but where I am right now. With this audition, I get to just focus on the work. Holy shit. That's huge. Yeah. Not worrying about whether or not I'm trans enough. Oh my God. Or worried that I'm too trans. I hate that I've even had to think that, but that's where the industry has forced my brain. Mother of the girl. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I wish I wish people would understand that their actions uh, f- force us to doubt these things and feel like you're not enough. Yeah. You know, it it, sp- it speaks to, to so much, you know, um, to to walk through your day and for me to be so focused on how I present and and worrying about this or that. Um, I don't get to focus on the work. You know, because yeah. I'm so focused on the other stuff, right? It's the same mm-hmm. as, you know, someone who is working their way through college, right? Has seven different jobs to survive. They are not able to give their work the same amount of attention as that that person who maybe their family paid for college. They don't have to have a job at the same time, right? It's, it, you know, kind of similar to that. Like, if you have to focus so hard on everything else, you don't get to give a hundred percent to that one thing that you want to give your focus to. Yeah. I'm curious when you get of those, those two breakdowns and two characters that you've gotten in years that actually felt like it represented your journey. How, how was it presented in the sense of like the character breakdown, uh, or in the sense of like, this is how trans we want it to be or trans presenting this way, trans presenting that way, you know, do you know what, or non-binary, but, but this is the way we want it to look like, how was it presented? So, um, the, the one that I'm talking about, uh, in that post, uh, is for, um, an independent film and the breakdown for the character was, um, it was just beautiful. Like the person who wrote it just first treated the person as a human being, right? The, before anything mm. else, it was like, they're likable, they're kind, they're, you know, mm. all of these things, which A, I hadn't seen put next to any trans character before. Right. But also, you know, pronouns, they, them, theirs, non-binary, check, check. But also yeah. um, on um, testosterone. I was like, mm. fantastic. here's the thing um for me i identify as trans non-binary my pronouns are Mm -hmm. they them theirs Mm -hmm. i have also had top surgery and i'm on hormones Mm -hmm. i'm on testosterone 
People see the combination of testosterone and top surgery, and they tell me, I've been told by so many people, even trans people, that I'm a trans man. And that's how they see oh. me. Mm-hmm. And it's so, fr- it's so frustrating. I'm like, no. Um, yeah. I, I did a, a play before everything shut down. I was in San Diego doing a play, and I was working with a trans playwright, and he's lovely, wonderful. But even he was like, so do you think you're going to, you know, come out as a, a trans man eventually? And I was like, no. <laughs> I was yeah. like, well, you know, maybe, but no. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, so not as long as I mean. So even, even trans people sometimes have a hard time, like, you yeah. know, seeing that. So, so seeing a, a trans non-binary character who uses they, them pronouns, but also who is on testosterone, mm-hmm. it was so wonderful. Like my heart was full. I, at first I was like, is this a trick? <laughs> um, but it was like, <laughs> I was, did I write I this in the middle of the night and send it right? to myself? <laughs> but it was just so like, I immediately text my friend because a, you know, all trans people go in for the same roles. We'll talk about that. No matter what we look like, no matter where we are in our journey, we are always wow. in for the same role. We always joke in the Chicago theater community, the trans Chicago theater community, that is a family reunion. Which we love, we love yeah. getting to see each other, but we are not right for the same characters. But they seem to no, think we are. and that says a lot about what is being offered. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. But I immediately text my my friend because I knew that he would have gotten the same breakdown, um, and we just like we fangirled over it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So also, no, if anybody's listening to this, we're all talking about what you sent us. <laughs> we remember. We know. <laughs> and we know you're sending it to all of us. Uh-huh, exactly. We are a unified front. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think I don't know if I already read this, but I'm going to read it again anyway. Trans does not look one way. Non-binary does not look one way. The industry is so keen on only showing the extreme ends, yep, of this ever-evolving spectrum. Spectrum. It is a spectrum, for God's sake. Um, something I often remind the students I work with is you can't know something you've never learned. As you just said, if we aren't including all genres of trans, gender not conforming and non-binary in our media, how is anyone going to learn? Listen, research, learn, expand. And then you have a little, uh, little asterisk at the bottom saying the things I've shared have been my personal experiences when it comes to TGNC characters for some solid trans and non-binary representation. I highly recommend checking out work in progress. So I know we were supposed to talk about your acting stuff, but can we just talk about work in progress? (laughs) I like that is what have you seen it? Have I seen it? (laughs) I assumed Gee, I didn't know. I didn't know what I was. I actually, I had an audition for it for season two. Tiny, tiny, tiny role. But I was so happy because I had heard about it. But I had no idea the extent and the depth. And can can I tell you the audition process for season one? Please. Okay. So they held an open call basically in in Chicago for trans actors. Um, So again, got into the room, trans family reunion. But it was different. Mm -hmm. This was different. So the casting agent came out and, um, and this was uh, Pascal and Rudnick, which is just mm-hmm. a friggin' great place to be. Amazing. Um, and so the casting agent came out and was basically like, okay, Abby's in the room 
Abby, the main character, creator, writer of Work in Progress. Um, Abby's in the room and so is, oh my gosh, I can't even believe I'm blanking on her name. Wachowski. Oh, 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 yes. Lily. Lily, thank you. Lily Wachowski. <laughs> we did it. Is in the room. Okay. And I went, what? Because Lily Wachowski, the Wachowski sisters, Matrix, Bound, everything you've ever cared about, right? <laughs> <laughs> is in the room. And I'm panicked, right? They gave us a side in advance. So I'm like, oh, okay, great, great. And they're like, but here's the deal. They don't even care about the side. You're going to go in the room. They're probably going to hug you. You're going to sit there and they're just going to get to know you. And I was like, okay. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I walk in the room. Abby comes up, bright face, eyes, wraps me in a giant hug. Lily Wachowski, giant woman, wraps me in the safest, warmest, happiest hug I've ever experienced in my life. I sit there and for seven minutes, we just talk. They want to get to know me as a human being. And they're just interviewing trans people to say, we want to create a character around you. We want to see how you fit into this world, right? The whole point of what they were doing is we want to fill this world with trans people, right? The Mm -hmm. entire spectrum, right? This cab driver is going to just be a trans cab driver, right? Mm -hmm. We're not going to talk about it, but they're all going to exist in this world. And watching that show and seeing my friends on that show, I'm seeing the spectrum in a way that I've never seen before on, on television. And that was their goal. And they did it. And they wanted to, you know, they wanted the people behind the camera. They just wanted people much like this podcast, right? Talking and including people who just aren't normally given an opportunity, right? We want that trans camera operator because no one's ever offered them a chance before, right? That's what they wanted to do. So it was literally just talking to them and having a conversation and then at like the last two minutes we did like we read the side maybe so it's just me talking to abby it was great but it was one of the most beautiful audition experiences of my life yeah it was wonderful that is amazing yeah. it's amazing yeah yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah i mean i would you I know. It's, it's really just amazing. But I mean, yeah, it was to have that moment. Also, like when you have such a beautiful moment like that, you're just reminded of of what's lacking, you know? Right. That, I've never right. had that experience before. And the fact that they're like, this show is going to exist because no show like this exists for us. Yeah. yeah. And this, it, yeah, it isn't just about, I mean, while this moment is beautiful and we're having these beautiful moments for every individual mm-hmm trans actor that's coming in this isn't where it ends it's not like okay time's up Mm -mm. we've we've, we're done yeah it's and then you know its mission is to start there and keep going and create a show and yeah we're that's beautiful Mm -hmm. that is so beautiful yeah it was wonderful so how do you feel that they uh adequately or respectfully represented yeah um trans identity and non-binary yeah i well i think you know i i know i know a lot of the actors on the show they're my personal friends and so Mm -hmm. i i know that even though this character presents as a cis man i know that that person is trans non-binary um there one character in particular and and i think this is lost on almost everybody who watches it uh, my good friend, Sarah Wisterman, 
plays mm. the daughter of Weird Al Yankovic and, um, and Julia, Julia Sweeney. Sweeney plays their daughter. Yes. Sarah is trans non-binary. Sarah uses really? they them pronouns. And Sarah and I have a, have a conversation every so often because they just do not feel represented, right? They, they present very, in, a, in a very feminine way in a lot of the things that they do. So people see Sarah and they perceive them as being a cis woman. And they're not. Yeah. And so watching that show, I was like, this is a this is a trans non-binary person in a in a role and nobody knows. And it's great. So there were a lot yeah. of moments like that on the show where I was like, they're just casting, you know, trans non-binary, you know, gender non-conforming people left and right. And 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 the untrained eye or someone who doesn't, you know, think to look at these identities is just seeing yeah. cis people. Yeah. Um, I also loved um, Theo Germain, who who plays the love interest of Abby. That whole mm-hmm. storyline, right? Abby making mistakes. And, you know, it started a conversation about dead names. It started a conversation about things that people just don't know about. And that's yeah. why I, I post as much as I do about my experience. I had, um, I posted something about my dead name once and, um, somebody reached out to my, my partner Landry and said, I didn't know what a dead name was. Right. So mm-hmm. they're just people who don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's why shows like work in progress are so important because they're starting a conversation that people aren't having. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Let's let's go back okay. to where where were you born? I was born in Iowa. Um, I grew up in a town called Tiffin, T-I-F-F-I-N. Mm. No one knows where it is, so I usually say <laughs> Iowa City. Some people still okay. don't know where that is. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but in the name, the University of Iowa, the big university okay. there. Um, that's I was born at the University of Iowa Hospital and Clinic. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Specifically. <laughs> and how, where did the acting bug bite you? You know, I, this is a conversation I have with my partner frequently. I, mm. growing up not knowing who you are, you try a lot of things and you try to see what sticks and nothing mm. really does, right? Because I, I kept trying to find myself in activities yeah, as opposed yeah. to like knowing who I was, which I right. was never going to find out in Iowa. There were no trans people. Uh, there were, but like, I didn't know. Um, and eventually, you know, I, in high school, I did everything, right? I was in choir. I was in band. I was in theater. I was in softball, um, art club, student council, you name it, I was in it. Um, and theater and choir, I just was really good at. Mm. Um, and smart little confused trans me was like I can hide myself in here and so um I'm not kidding when I tell you I don't know if I actually found joy in theater for a long time um Mm -hmm. I I used it as a way to hide myself because I was really good at it so I would get a character Mm. and I would lose myself in it Mm. um and 
you know, it, it became a way of, of not having to sit with myself. If I got to be somebody else, then I got to focus on that person and not me. Um, and so, you know, I, I did, I did, I was the lead in school musicals. Um, Mm. I, you know, the narrator and Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Um, I went to, then I went to community college, uh, started out as a music major. Um, Mm. but quickly started getting cast as leads in the plays and the musicals. Um, you know, I loved playing like the big character roles. I think my favorite was, uh, Miss Adelaide and guys and dolls. I just, I loved, that was so much fun. Like, and, and putting those dresses on, like putting dresses on, it didn't feel like anything to me. Right. I was acting, I was putting a character on and part of that character was this flamboyant gown. Yeah. Um, you know, and then I would, you know, on the flip side, I'd be in the the plays and be playing these really dark and twisty leading women. And I was like, yes. Mm. But again, I was losing myself in this. When I wasn't doing that, I was drinking heavily and, and making terrible choices with my body because I didn't care. Mm. Um, so after that, I, I went to uh, Minnesota State University, Mankato. Uh, which is a mouthful. It's Southern Minnesota, <laughs> where we did 20 shows a year. Wow. 20 shows a year. You know, a couple of those were the dance concerts. Then we had our own professional summer stock. Um, but even when I was there, again, I was, you know, I didn't have time to to be myself, right? Because we were doing show after show after show after show. Um, and again, I was just losing myself in those characters. And it, you know, it, you know, there were several times where, you know, I'd stop and say, am I doing this because I like this or am I doing this because I'm good at this? And for most of my life, it was because I'm good at this. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, I, I moved to Chicago and found some success. Um, but I don't think I really found the the joy and the love of it until after I came out um because you know for all of those years of acting I wasn't myself Mm -hmm. right so I was always covering something up while you know putting on that other character so I didn't just get to sit and focus on the work and focus on the character right because I had so much going on inside um that I couldn't dedicate my, my whole self to it. Right. Um, and so it was, it wasn't until after I, I, I started transitioning, right. That, that weight was lifted. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I was like, I can really focus on this now. Like I I can find the joy I can, I can, you know, cause when, when you're pushing so much down and avoiding so much, you can only give so much attention to the thing you're trying to give attention to. So it wasn't until I, you know, came out and sort of started going to therapy and sitting with myself. That was when I was able to give my full self and find the joy in what I was doing. Wow. So I I know I was like where I started was technically in like middle school, but like. Yeah, but I get it. I mean, that makes perfect. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I'm sure you're not the first person to do that. Um, I just wish we'd talk about it more. <laughs> well, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, 
Okay. So you, you touched on this, but I would really like you to try to, I don't know, uh, elaborate, I guess, um, on the difference between your acting then mm -hmm. where you were hiding and using it as a vehicle to escape, uh, yourself, mm -hmm. I guess. Uh, and now, now, now that you, uh, are truly yourself, mm -hmm. how, how is it different? <laughs> um, I, that's a great question. Um, it's just different when you care about yourself. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, I, because I now, like I, I like myself. I, I'm happy with who I am. I'm happy with the journey I'm on. That means I'm taking better care of myself, whether that be exercising, whether that be, you know, eating, not, not, I don't really drink anymore. Um, and so I, I'm able to give my full self to what I'm doing. Uh, where before it was like, ah, I'll figure this out and I'll, I'll do it and it'll be great because I'm always great. It's fine. Where now I, I'm taking the time, I'm putting that extra work into the pieces I'm doing. Um, before I was completely taking every part of myself out of every character. Whereas now I'm allowing myself to exist in these characters. So there's something more honest about, about the characters that I'm playing. Even if I don't, even if they're a different gender than how I identify, right? I'm still putting a piece of myself in there because I care about myself and, and I'm more comfortable allowing myself to show. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's the biggest difference is, is allowing myself into these characters. Whereas before mm. the characters were taking over who I was. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It very much does. Um, what a wonderful place to be. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Um, have you, have you had any kind of different responses or reactions um, or feedback. I don't even want to say that word, uh, but like, you know, just, yeah, like responses. I don't want to say necessarily between then and now, <laughs> former you and, and yeah. now you, um, how, how have people like, ha have people been as accepting and as, uh, uh, respectful as, as they can be? Um, yes, I, I think I have been very lucky. My journey as a trans actor has been very different from other people as trans actors. Um, when I came out, I, well, my, I came out in the process of doing a production. Oh, wow. Um, I was doing, um, I had, I had just, um, come out as using they, them pronouns. Um, and I auditioned for, uh, uh, girl in the red corner with broken nose. Yeah. And I remember one of the questions that was asked, or maybe I, I can't remember whether they, I don't think they asked, I might've offered it up saying like, you know, the character I auditioned for was in the script was a woman. And I, I, I think I wrote on the form, like I I'm, I'm willing to, to play this as a woman. Um, but I, I went in for the audition and, um, it went really well. 
Um, and the director ended up reaching out to the playwright and saying, we had this actor come in for the role of Gina. They were, they were really, really good. Um, they said that they're willing to play Gina as a woman, but how would you feel about making Gina, you know, trans non-binary? Um, it would only require some pronoun changes. Mm. And the, the playwright was very receptive to that and was like, do it, right? If you want to cast this person, have them play this character as themselves. And I, I was so grateful for that. And what was cool, right? It only took minor alterations to the pronouns, right? Mm -hmm. And I think there was just one, one moment in the script that was added where somebody screwed up the pronouns and someone else corrected them. Um, but that's all it was. And um, so in that moment, right, I was anticipating playing a woman. They then gave me this gift um, of, of getting to play the character as myself. Um, and so this was my first show after coming out. Um, and before we opened is when I, I chose the name August. Um, and so uh, the show was a huge success. Um, we had so many um, uh, members of the LGBT community, specifically trans people who ended up coming to the show to, to see someone who was trans in a main, in a main role. Yeah. Um, and then the, the playwright came and, you know, saw how uh, successful the, and positive the reaction was to, to the portrayal of my character. Uh, he ended up making the decision to forever alter uh, Gina in the script as being non-binary. Um, so that is now permanently in the script for when it is forever done. Um, and uh, I ended up getting nominated for a Jeff Award for it. And I ended up, yeah, I ended up winning. And thank you. Yeah. And it, it, it was so, it was such an important moment. You know, awards are dumb. <laughs> Yeah, you know it's awarding art is so confusing and and yeah. But for me to have to have just come out and to have that character be received in such a way, um, it it it, it gave me the permission to to continue, you know, to to be myself and and luckily because of how everything turned out, like my I, I kind of blew up in a way. Right. Yeah. I, I ended up getting more auditions from bigger houses. Um, I ended up, you know, right after that booking with Victory Gardens um, mm. timeline. Um, and it just sort of went up from there. And yeah, that as, as myself. And that told me, like, you are on the right path. Right. Mm -hmm. You keep being you. And people are going to see that and it's going to resonate with them. And that also told me you're doing your best work now, right? Because you're yourself and people are seeing that, you know, whereas before I was a little bit hidden here, it was just me, you know, it was me mm -hmm. out there and, and it was resonating with people. I think the, yeah. biggest, the biggest thing for me was, was having, you know, those, those trans people in the audience being like, I've never seen myself before on stage and I got to see myself. And that's, that's the biggest thing for me is, is, you know, people getting to see themselves for the first time on stage, which doesn't happen, no. you know, very often. No. Especially with non-binary characters. 
And so, you know, I think I hear it most like when people see pictures of me, like, you know, if you want to say before and now, Mm. but like, you know, they just, they sense just more, just happiness, joy. There's, there's a light that wasn't there before. Pride? Pride. Yeah, absolutely. Like there, it is there. It was not there before. And it's, you can't hide that. You know, that's something that shines through whether you want it to or not. And absolutely. And to see it resonate so well with people has been wonderful. a book called The Body is Not an Apology okay. by Sonia Renee Taylor, who is just incredible. Um, and her whole thing is teaching the power of radical self-love, mm. not just self-love, but radicals like against all of <laughs> everything, you know, to really, really love yourself. And it's just and transitioning is a radical self uh, radical act of self-love yeah yes. you love yourself enough to go through that right yeah. knowing full well how the world sees you right when I talk about these 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 um you know trans women of color who are being assaulted left and right they are still choosing every day to leave their house presenting the way that they want to present knowing full well what this world could do to them but they love themselves too much to hide you know, that's huge. That is. Yeah. That is beautiful mm-hmm. and terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And heartbreaking. Yep. Um, my God. Yep. Uh, sorry, I'm just yeah. processing. <laughs> I mean, there's. Oh, there's so much more to, to it than people just assuming, oh, they just want to. Yeah dress up as, as somebody, you know, it's clear. I mean, I hope I, you know, didn't offend by even saying that, but I I feel like there are people that do think that that's what it's all about. And it's like, no, no, I mean, it, it's, it's exactly who you are. And that's at the end of the day, all you have. Exactly. Um, and I'm just really, um, in awe (laughs) that, that, you know, whenever anybody finds, themselves and loves themselves and sheds all that excess shit. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I really, I love that. <laughs> and I love that you're able to speak about it and educate and yeah. advocate. And, and that, that's, that's a, that's a choice that I've made. You know, that's mm-hmm. something I've, I, 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 I've talked to my partner about, right. She often says, gosh, what does she say? That I, I have chosen the journey of being, um, you know, an educator or something like that, where, I know a lot of trans people who just want to live their life. They don't want to have the mm-hmm. conversations. Um, right. And that's okay. They mm-hmm. don't owe anybody anything. Nope. But I have made the choice in my life to be open and to talk about it because someone needs to. And I, I have enough, you know, spoons, as it were. I have enough spoons in my life, right, that I, I, I can give up a few spoons. Right. right. I can, I can have these conversations. Um, thank you. Absolutely. And yeah. Thank you for having them. Not everyone wants to. And I think that's important too, for people to know is like, just because someone's trans doesn't mean they want to have 
you know, a conversation with you about everything in their life, right? Right. It doesn't mean entitled to know about their entire journey. and And, and know that if someone is sitting down to talk to you, like that's a big deal, right? That person Mm -hmm. trusts you. If someone is Mm -hmm. not sharing information about their life, if they are not correcting you when you screw up their pronouns, it's because they know that you are not worth their time. Yeah. That's, that's the big thing, right? Pronouns. Everyone's like pronouns, pronouns. Number one, pronouns, getting someone's pronouns in their name, right? That's the bare minimum. That's the bare minimum. And it seems so often with the conversation around trans things, it's like pronouns. And I'm like, sure, get them right. Yes. But that's the bare minimum. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I think, you know, if, if you're screwing up someone's pronouns and they're not correcting you, it's again, they, you're not worth their time. They don't think that you're ever going to get it right. 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 And they'd rather not even be talking to you. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) So let them go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, man. Um, So now that you're in this place and and you're also newly engaged. Yes. Your partner. So congratulations. Thank you. And I hope, uh, I, I know that. With COVID, yeah. there's always the like, well, will we be able to do it with people yeah. or without? But yeah. I wish you, you know, lots of happiness Thank together. You. You're welcome. Um, so as August now, mm-hmm. wh- if you could design the perfect role <laughs> <laughs> uh, for you that you would love to play, or, you know, if it's already been designed that you think, uh, what do you, do you have any ideas what they would be? You know, that I, no matter how many times I've asked that, I'm always like, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, you know, one of the things I always say is like, I'm an actor. Let me play it all. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can do it all. I promise. Yeah. Um, have you played a bad guy you know, or a bad That's girl what I was going to say. I would yeah. love to play the villain. Mm. I'm, you know, so often I play that like dark and twisty person, but who's also like, um, I played the closest I ever got to what I would say is a villain. And I don't think she was a villain was, uh, was Mary Mallon, Typhoid Mary. Oh, I played her, uh, who I think many people probably consider a villain, but, uh, mm. no, I think not a villain. Um, yeah, that's the closest I've ever gotten to play a, a quote unquote bad guy. Um, But I would love, I would love to play a bad guy because I think I have, what's funny is, is, is after I came out, I get so many like pleasant boy next door, um, (laughs) like sweet, because I I had this bright, these bright eyes. Um, I play, I, I cannot tell you, I keep getting called in for gay men. Ooh, I have been cast as so many gay men. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't. There's something there that I have yet to unpack, but um, yeah. <laughs> but like they're they're being inclusive, but also it's like you know you've got that 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 potential feminine swagger to you, and I'm like I don't know what that means, but sure, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but I I would love to play a villain. Um, mm. I would love to play uh, uh Kate McKinnon's character on Ghostbusters. Yeah, oh, that's the dream for me. That just that nerdy weird. I just want to be weird. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. be weird. Uh, I also I just played Hamlet in like ten minute Hamlet. Ooh, and it made me go, hmm, trans Hamlet would be really interesting. Hell right? yeah! Because then I started thinking of that to be or not to be speech, and I'm like, life or death, or 
to transition or not to transition, to live my life as a lie or to come out and risk it all would be oh so my fun. God. Yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I just, right before I got on this call, I was uh, recording some uh, sonnets for a different project. So my brain is like on Shakespeare right now. Yeah. Ooh, but, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But of anything, that's, that's, you know, we've seen it all. Let's, you know, yeah, let's do some, something new. That's the thing, you know, Shakespeare, we've seen so many variations, you know, in space, whatever. (laughs) Underwater. Underwater, but we're still not seeing trans Shakespeare characters. Uh -uh. Mm -mm. And they're there. Mm -hmm. Viola. Oh. Right? They're Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. You just got to try. Oh, my gosh. Um, we've identified the issues. <laughs> <laughs> with the world, um, and with, you know, <laughs> media, entertainment, casting, kind of can I in yeah, I'll share one thing that people never think about, yeah, with with trans actors, specifically, uh, things I've gone through, bathrooms. Bathrooms in a rehearsal space. Oh. I, oh. Bathrooms in a rehearsal space is something people don't frequently think about. So no. a lot of Chicago theaters, for some reason, are in churches. <laughs> um, and I, I had an experience um, at Timeline Theater, phenomenal theater company, yep. doing the yep. good, good work. Um, I was doing Rutherford and Son there uh, mm-hmm. in uh, December of, you know, pre-COVID. What are years anymore? Yeah, <laughs> I was like last December. No, it wasn't. Twenty twelve. I don't even Who know knows? anymore. Yeah. But we have a there's a rehearsal bathroom mm-hmm. upstairs, and it kept breaking. So downstairs there is a men's restroom, there's a women's restroom, and there is an individual stall. Mm-hmm. And we would get short breaks, and we would all go to the bathroom. I'd run downstairs to the individual stall, always locked for some reason. I would then have to run back upstairs, ask for a key. Stage manager didn't have a key. So I'd have to run back down. I'm usually more comfortable using the women's restroom. So I would, you know, wait until the Sunday church ladies were gone so as not to startle them. Um, And uh, by that time, my break was over. Mm -hmm. Right. And you had to be really And I had to pee. Right. And so I think that's something that... uh, people don't often think about is, is, is the bathroom. (laughs) Such Mm -hmm. a simple, such a simple thing. Mm -hmm. But when I, especially in these, 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 um, you know, again, I'm, I'm comfortable using the women's restroom, but especially if it's a smaller bathroom and that's connected to a larger community, like a church, Mm -hmm. um, it's not always comfortable. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I, you know, and then I start overthinking and I'm like, well, I'm going to have to use the bathroom so I need to shave my face, right? Because I'll get a little bit of stubble. Yeah. And so oh that, these are the things we think about, right? Is, is I need to shave this day so that for, you know, if I go to the bathroom, I won't have any stubble showing. But then at that point, I'm starting to shave almost every day and my skin is getting irritated just because I'm so worried about making other people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, these are the, the little things that we go through. Um, yeah. What in, in that scenario, what would you, what should they do? 
the stage manager needed to make sure that that individual stall was unlocked. Yeah. Right at that point, or maybe you have more individual stalls. More, or more, yeah, and that's, yeah, I mean, if they can exactly. Them. And what's nice is a lot of the theater spaces are uh, making all bathrooms um, gender neutral, which can make older patrons a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But, um, but Steppenwolf gets away with Steppen- it. Because it's Steppenwolf. <laughs> don't like this question but I kind of like some of the responses I get from it and it's a little bit about like it's it's similar to the you know what would be your dream role thing but where do you see yourself in it sounds like an interview like a job interview see yourself in like five years oh boy um I know I was looking at the questions beforehand and I was like I still don't know the answer to this (laughs) I don't either I I want to, I want to still be doing what I'm doing. You know, I, I, I respect myself and I see the journey I'm I'm on. Um, And even on the journey I've been on, right. I, I have stopped, you know, there was a point in my career where I was like, okay, no more, no more shows that don't pay. And then I got to the point Mm -hmm. where I was like, okay, no more shows that pay me less than this amount. And then I got to the point, um, I think a year or two ago where I said, I'm not going to do any more roles that don't, uh, really resonate with me. Um, yeah. that don't allow me to, to show something important to an audience. Um, right. And so, uh, you know, I, I want to keep climbing the, the ladder that I'm, I'm currently climbing. Um, I, I want to be doing more voiceover. I love cartoons. I love silly voices. If I could just sit mm. in my closet and talk, that'd be great. <laughs> um, I, I'm a writer. I love to write. Um, I would love to, 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 I was really into writing when I first moved to Chicago. Um, and then as mm-hmm. my acting career picked up, I had to sort of set that down. Um, I'd love to, to do more of that because I think there's a, there's a, there's a voice that's lacking, um, yeah. in the yeah. theater and, 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 mm-hmm. uh, I have that voice. Um, and I would like to, to do more of that. Um, I don't know where I even see, see myself physically. Uh, (laughs) I love Chicago. I do. I love Chicago. Um, LA doesn't scream to me. New York doesn't scream to me. Um, I think Chicago is, is we still have our problems here, but we're so far beyond these other big cities when it comes to, yeah, you know, people like us maybe yeah um and having the conversation the conversation we're having the conversations in chicago mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um and starting to and really holding ourselves accountable yeah 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 i you know in in five years i i want to strictly be doing you know entertainment performance i want i want i i, I want that to be my full time and it and it has been um i actually i <laughs> Before COVID, I was like, great, this is it. I'm quitting my safe job. I went to San Diego. I booked two shows out in San Diego. I was like, fantastic. COVID hit. And I thought, oh my God, <laughs> what have I done? But luckily, um, luckily I have, um, I've only been performing, um, that's which amazing. is great. Uh, one of my, 
one of my jobs is um, is uh, I work for a children's theater and we do a lot of virtual performances of uh, of shows, which are specifically we talk about consent with kids. We talk about bullying. Um, Ooh, that's great. Those types of things. Um, which children's theater is that? It's called Imagination Theater. Um, oh, yeah. So basically, yeah, we just we do shows. Um, one of our biggest shows is called No Secrets, and it is about uh, sexual assault, um, mm. consent, um, basically teaching kids about you know, their rights to their bodies and, and the fact that they can say no to anything. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And right now, too, one of our big shows is Mental Health Matters because a lot of kids are dealing with some some stuff right now being stuck at home. Um, no shit. And so I'm... So are we. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and so we're, you know, we're, we're talking to kids about their mental health because kids don't get to talk about that very often. Mm-mm. And they don't. And know how to talk about exactly. it. Exactly. And that's one of the yeah. things I talk about with them is this is something you don't talk about. This is something grownups don't talk about. That's why we're talking about it right now. Right. Um, I would love to do to do more of, of that going forward. I, I want to start. Um, I, I want to, to put myself out there more as um, sort of a trans educator. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure what that looks like right now. But, in, you know, I that is in the f- coming years of uh, a journey I would like to to follow, you know, yeah. want to talk to your kids about, you know, what it means to be trans. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I think this is going to be my last question. Cause look at, we're doing so amazing, oh, wow. amazing on time. Yeah. I just wanted to go back a little bit to, uh, you know, to, to being an actor, mm-hmm. uh, and a trans non-binary actor. What kind what, how, how were, oh, let's try that. <laughs> we've been talking for a while. Yeah. Uh, so how, yes, how was, uh, how, how did you talk with your agents about that? Like what have, have they been supportive? Have they been, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Cause I mean that they're part of your team and they, and they clearly auditions are yeah. channeled through them. So yeah. what kind of conversations did you have to have with them? Well, okay. I, 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 I was signed to my first agency right when I was coming out. Okay. And they did not understand it as much as they tried to. Um, It was, they didn't know how to market me. I think Mm -hmm. I was very confusing to them. Uh, Uh Theater was one thing. The the person in charge of theater was wonderful, got me. And what was, I ended up getting most of the theater jobs myself and they were just sort of a a Um, Mm go-between. I, at that point, had had made a, a pretty good name for myself. Uh, and um, e- even the website was, was, a, was a bit of a, a mess. Like when I first came to them, it was male and female. And I was like, yeah. uh, where are you going to put me? So I forced them to change. I didn't force them, but I, I caused them to have to change their website. Um, and then uh, the, the film and television department and even voiceover department just didn't know what to do with me. I remember mm-hmm. I, I showed up one day to pick up a contract for uh, a show I was doing. And the woman who handed me the contract looked at me very confused and was like, oh, oh, here, here you go. And I was like, thank you. And then I left and she sent me an email later going, you didn't look like what I thought you looked like. And I went, oh, this makes sense because you have been giving me no auditions or the, oh. or the ones you have been sending me on have been so wrong for me. 
And so I, I was like, this makes sense. Um, and so, uh, because of that and because I I just didn't feel like they were bumping me up to the next level, I ended up, uh, choosing not to re-sign with them. Uh, and I ended up signing with gray very quickly during the pandemic. Um, gray talent is so good with their transactors. They are respectful. They get it. They uh, fight for us. Um, like I'll even, uh, one of my agents will will send me certain sides and be like, August, if you are not comfortable with this breakdown, we don't have to do it. We can pass on it, right? So they're always very open to having conversations. Um, but but Gray is, Gray is known for, for being really good with their trans talent. Um, mm. You know, Gray does really phenomenal work, but they can only do as good of work as what, you know, the film and television and theater are giving them to give to us. Right. But within that, they're, they're so good. So I went into Gray already being, you know, who you see before you today. And they got it and they were so, you know, excited to have me. And it, I feel very welcome there. And I get, you know, they're, they're sending me auditions like crazy. Um, yeah, they, they're good. They're good. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And you didn't have to, like, as part of signing with them or your audition or anything, there, there was there, like, a conversation about kind of what you were looking for uh, and what and how to market you? Yeah. And that's what's, what's great about them is they'll reach out every so often to everybody and be like, mm-hmm. what are you comfortable with? What are you looking for? Um you know, Gray is very good that if, if you go to them and you say, I, you know, I don't want to play this, they're going to be mm-hmm. like, okay. Um, I, mm-hmm. one of my friends who's also signed with them, uh, started with them, um, as a non-binary identity, um, has since realized that they identify as a trans man. And so, you know, is starting that conversation with them about what they're comfortable playing now versus then. And, you know, gray is is so cool and respectful of that like it would be like you know if 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 a cis person wouldn't go i don't want to play you know this um a cis woman wouldn't have to say i don't want to play a man you know that the agency would be like obviously right because that's not who you are you know we feel very safe as the trans performance to say i'm not comfortable playing this and gray says great because that's not who you are that's fine oh you know Man, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that I feel awesome. very, very lucky. Big time. Yeah, that's yeah. Wow, good to know. Yes. <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, is there anything else you are burning to talk about, or you feel like has not been heard yet, um, and that's important to you? Yeah. Um. I guess. Yeah. I'll leave it with this. Um. I, I am not a monolith. For trans people, we are not one size fits all as much as they, they try to act like we are. Um, as I had mentioned previously in this, like our, our family reunions, um, I will often get called in and I will see some, you know, very, very femme, trans feminine people called in for the same role because they put us in the same box together. And we are not that. I do not carry this, you know, just because I'm trans and, you know, a a black trans woman is trans, we don't carry the same baggage. 
right? right. We are different people. Um, I think the world needs to start seeing us as people first. I think right now we're just seen as trans and that is, Mm -hmm. you know, really interesting to people. But I think that's also what's getting so many of us killed is Mm -hmm. because we're not being seen as people. And I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, we're not, we're not transitioning because it's cute. We're not transitioning because it's fun. We're transitioning because we might not make it if we don't. And I, you know, I, and so many people see that as a threat and we're just trying to live our lives. Um, so I guess, yeah, those are the, those are the two big things, right. Is we're individuals first. Mm -hmm. Um, and our transition has nothing to do with you. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not doing it to get attention or any of the other things. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm doing it so I can wake up in the morning, you know, exactly. That's it. Why put yourself through something so major it's traumatic to go through let me i know we're almost finishing but like to transition you gotta jump through so many hoops the number of like doctors i had to see papers yeah. i had to have signed saying that i was of a sound mind to be able to even get top surgery right and you think of all these other procedures you know plastic surgery procedures where people don't need anybody to sign off on anything and they're massive right. procedures, but I have to some, have at least two doctors say that I'm not crazy so that I can have top surgery. And it's the same with, you know, hormones, right? You have to see doctors, you have to get, you know, so much work done in order to just, you know, be put on hormones. Like we don't just choose this overnight. It is a journey. Right. We would not right. choose this if we didn't have to, because it is a headache and it is expensive. Oh, yeah. It is expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And to get those doctors to sign off on you, did, I mean, was it, like, what kind of conversations did you have to have with them? Was it, like, invasive or? Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I I was very lucky where my, my therapist provided the letters, but she even apologized in advance. She's like, I have to ask you some of these questions. Mm. Um, and you know, there are questions like, is anybody forcing you to do this? Um, is that a thing? Apparently, (laughs) right? Like we have to make sure that no one is making you transition. Yeah. Yeah. You know, questions about your state of mind. Have you thought of Mm. killing yourself? You know, all of these questions, you know, that make you go into these dark places and you're like, I just want to feel human. Right. Please. Well, and also to like to answer a question like, have you thought about killing yourself? It, it, to me, if you know, if I were in that position, I would be like, well, what do they want to hear? Because I know what's the right answer. I have, and that's why I'm here so that I don't feel like that anymore. Yeah. But if I say that I have, the, does that make me? Uh, does that disqualify mm-hmm. me from? You know? Yeah. My God. Like, just tell me the right. You know. Yes. Tell me the right yeah. answers. And, you know, it's the same. Every step of the process, they have to ask you a bunch of invasive questions. You know, even going, once I got enough paperwork saying I was approved, you know, approved to to go see the top surgeon, then the top surgeon has to ask you if anybody's forcing you to do this. So are, are you right. of sound mind? Do you understand? And I'm like, I, yes, I do. Yes. And I'm like, nobody else has to go through this no. to just be themselves. Yeah. No. I think wow. that that's a big takeaway is, is 
how hard the process is. I haven't even started the name change process because it sounds so daunting to me. And that's expensive too. Really? Yeah. It all costs so much money. (laughs) And that's part of, you know, safe trans travel. I'm like, do you have something like covering surgery costs, doing this, you know? Because, you know, that's part of the the barrier too is, is, is these, so many trans people are out of work. They don't have secure housing. They don't have reliable families because they're trans. So they can't afford these surgeries. So they're not. And I think that's part of the danger is these, these women aren't fully able to present the way that they want to. And that screams to the world that they are different. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Because these, these, these procedures are so hard to get. Yeah. God. Yeah. Ending on a positive. (laughs) No, but I, I really appreciate you taking on the role as educator in this. Um, I would never want to assign that to anyone, but uh, I really appreciate that you have embraced that role as much as you can um, because the, I there's a lot that I did not know mm-hmm. prior to this conversation. Um, and that really does help to see it more clearly. Mm-hmm. And that's why I do it. Yeah, that's why yeah. I do it. And see as much humanity in it as possible because mm-hmm. um, that's what it is at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, you have been an absolute dream. Like <laughs> Thank you, you. Honestly, this was like the easiest interview ever. Thank you Good. for being so open yeah. and so honest and so enthusiastic about it. Cause I, I just really, really appreciate it. And I, I can't wait to share this. Oh, Good. Today we have two calls to action. The first is safe trans travel, which we mentioned in August's interview. And as a reminder, they provide financial support to transgender and gender nonconforming humans seeking safe transportation throughout the United States. Again, it's an issue that a lot of us would not think of if we weren't faced with it ourselves, the getting to and from certain places as a transgender and or gender nonconforming individual. So please consider donating. You can Venmo at safe-trans-travel. You can check them out on Instagram at safe-trans-travel. Or you can get in touch with me at bigbonesthickskin at gmail.com. And I will put you in touch with August or with Safe Trans Travel themselves. The second organization is Brave Space Alliance. And we have mentioned them in the past, But it's always good to mention them again because we don't think that they get enough attention. Brave Space Alliance is the first Black-led, trans-led, LGBTQ plus center located on the south side of Chicago. They're dedicated to creating and providing affirming, culturally competent, for-us-by-us resources, programming, and services for LGBTQ plus individuals on the south and west sides of the city. They strive to empower, embolden, and educate each other through mutual aid, knowledge sharing, and the creation of community-sourced resources as they build toward the liberation of all oppressed peoples. Their website is bravespacealliance.org. That's B-R-A-V-E-S-P-A-C-E. 
A-L-L-I-A-N-C-E dot org. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Big Bones, Thick Skin. And thank you so, so much to August Foreman, whose heart and humor were absolutely on fire in this interview. Thank you also to the lovely Eric Backus for his perfect music, Meredith Montgomery, who captured the heart and soul of BBTS in her artwork, and Amelia Driscoll with Summit Podcasting for her enthusiastic and tireless editing help. Help us out and subscribe for more honest, thought-provoking, and occasionally funny conversations with me and my guests. I'm Claire Alpern, and thanks for listening to Big Bones, Thick Skin.